What's good, everybody? This is KJ Kearney, obviously, of Black Food Fridays. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anella Malik of Feed the Malik. And today is special. You're listening to the Fix Your Plate podcast on the Eat, Dine, and Drink Network. But before we get into all that, we got some homies with us because this is a special, special episode. And I'm going to let Anella tell everybody why we're here together and why it's so special. All right. So if you're listening to this, this is our special Juneteenth episode. And KJ, it's the Eat, Drink, and Dine Network, but we're going to just roll right through that. He always gets it backwards. But we have some special guests with us today. And there's a reason that we're doing this episode the way that we're doing it. For Black History Month and for Juneteenth, it is so common for Black creatives and activists and writers and speakers and just Black people in general to be tapped to come on podcasts, to do Instagram takeovers, et cetera, et cetera, but only in a teaching role, only when it's it's the appropriate moment, quote unquote, for us to teach about Black history and to do the educational labor. And what we wanted to do was have a special for us, by us, Juneteenth episode where we could get some of the Black food folks together that we know and we love and just have fun and just chop it up. We, I think most of us are sipping on a drink. And so, you know, I feel like for for talking about Black liberation, we have to talk about Black people being allowed to just be themselves. So that's what we're doing today. And I'm so excited to introduce our guests. So first of all, I'll go around a little bit. Could everyone give your name, your social handle, tell us one line about what you share and what you do, and then tell us what you're sipping on. So we'll start with Dubs. What's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Jordan Williams. I'm behind Dubs Grubs. I'm on uh, Instagram. I pretty much I post food everywhere, mainly Dallas-based, but like I said, I'm in Atlanta right now, so I'm expanding, uh, you know, trying to find the best food in America, and I'm sipping on the college drink of uh, tequila and power. <laughs> it was last minute. I'm, I'm on the road. Y'all see me in the car, so we, we do, we make it do what we have. All right, Dom. Hi, everyone. I am Dominique of Dom in the City. I am based in New York City, specifically Harlem. And I always say that um, I'm somewhere shopping Black or shopping local and then in the kitchen. So on my page, you're going to find a lot about food, uh, restaurants, the dining scene, specifically Black-owned, and then also just me in the kitchen. Oh, also, I'm sipping on some rosé, some dry rosé. Rosé. All right, Takira. Hi, I'm Takira. My handle is Flights and Foods. I'm based out of the Washington, D.C. area, but my account is called Flights and Foods because I also love to travel and showcase local small businesses wherever I go. And I am sipping on an apothic white blend. Jesus, KJ, that sounds tell good. the folks about yourself. <laughs> well, my name is KJ, of course, one half of the Fix Your Plate podcast. And the reason I messed up the network is because I'm already slossed. And this is going to be a great episode. I'm drinking some Uncle Nearest. Listen, and 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 I got a special bottle of Uncle Nearest. I went to see them a couple weeks ago for my birthday. And on June 19th, on Juneteenth, they're going to be releasing 5,000 bottles of a special master blend that you can only get from there. So you would have to go to Shelbyville, Tennessee. But shout out to my people at Uncle Nearest for looking out for me. I really appreciate y'all. And uh, Nella, what, what are you sipping on today, ma'am? So I 
am not sipping on Uncle Nearest because when we have it in our house, it goes really quickly. <laughs> and I would love to go for the Juneteenth drop. I've been thinking about that. I saw Takara take notes when you mentioned that. So Takara, if you are thinking about going, let me know. I would definitely, now that I'm fully vaccinated, be down to spend Juneteenth and Father's Day weekend at the Uncle Nearest distillery because that sounds amazing. But I am the second half, I would say the better half of the Fix Your Plate podcast on the Eat, Drink, and Dine Network. My name is Anella Malik. I am a blogger. You'll find me on all platforms under the name Feed the Malik. And while I focus a lot on food, like Takara, travel has been a huge part of my life. I used to live abroad for many years. <laughs> and I'm really excited to get back into it now that it's safer and to be able to see my family again, which I just recently did for the first time. So I'm excited to be here with you all. And KJ, let's get into it. So first and foremost, I just want to say thank you all for taking the time to, to conversate with us. And let's get right to the point that Anella brought. I want to know from y'all, being that we all have pretty sizable platforms, a lot of people hit us up for a lot of things. Do you guys feel like there's an outsized burden placed upon yourselves to educate those who are uninitiated when it comes to black food or black food history. Dom, I want to start with you. Do you, do you get a lot of people in your DMS or email or comments that are asking you to show them the light? Surprisingly with my followers, it's a no. And I'll tell you why. Um, the majority of my followers are Brown and black people, actually 80%, if you want me to be really exact. And then I feel like the 20%, which most, most likely are non-Black or white, they're resourceful, but I, I like to share things with them. So I don't feel the burden to educate, but I do feel like it, I should do my part to at least share resources. So if people want to go and read more about it, but I also have people who said like, Hey, I, I've checked these 10 different reference points. Can you, can you point me in the direction of which one's the best? So I like that they've done the work, but yeah, so I don't feel that educational labor or burden. Takara, how about yourself? Now, you you do a lot of travel. Well, before COVID, you were doing a lot of travel and stuff. So with your platform, is the need for education something that's brought up, being that you do a lot of travel, or you kind of have the same experience as Dom? I think my audience is very mixed because of the travel part. Like, I know I have people from, like, India who are following me, so other countries who are following me. But I think I have a similar experience in that. I have people who thank me when I put out resources, but I don't have a lot of people coming to me for education. So I have a lot of, oh, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I really identify with you with this situation and that situation, but not people seeking education that they could easily Google. Dubs, you are in D-Town Boogie. What What is it like in Triple D, bro? Like, is it is it... Is there a lot of people hitting you up for this info? Not necessarily a lot of people, but being in Texas, I do get the, okay, well, probably once a month or so, why does it have to be black owned? You know, the typical questioning. And so I just take that time to educate yeah. people. Um, I actually remember it wasn't the first time, but I actually asked Anella how, how to respond to something that was said. And so she, she helped me. I've been, I've been on people's, uh, been very, uh, very good with my words now. But I do get the occasional, um, especially with being in Texas. I have a lot of Texas followers. And then uh, the majority of it came, Barstool reposted one of my videos. And I had a ton of educating to do that next week or two. So, yeah. Anella, what is your experience? I mean, I know your experience, but tell the people, what is your experience like? So my experience is very different. And I think that's because of 
frankly, the fact that I went viral during the June boom of 2020, um, when everyone was like super up in arms about Black Lives Matter and Black food. And I frankly went viral for work that I had been doing long before other people cared about it. But because of that, I have had a lot of explicit and not even implicit, just explicit pressure from people since then to only show up in a way that they find to be quote unquote appropriate. And that appropriateness is really tied to me being a teacher. So people will ask me why I'm not putting together infographics about Palestine, or they'll ask me why I'm visiting restaurants that are not black owned, or they'll ask me if I could point them to all of the restaurants in DC that pay fair wages. And if you just think about those three requests, that is a lot of labor. <laughs> and no one can be an expert in, in everything. And I also really, really, really push back against this expectation that Black people are only here for you to follow on social media when we can teach you something. And I've talked to a couple other people who had a similar experience in the June boom of 2020, and they've said the same thing, that they have had experiences where they gained all of these new followers, but these followers only seem to want to engage with them when they teach them something and when they just show up as like regular Black folk to live their lives, to like lean into joy and hang out with their friends. These people kind of get upset because they have decided or they decided when they followed you, when, you know, someone reposted you in June of 2020, that you were going to be the leader that was going to teach them everything they needed to know. And I frankly am like, I will never do that for you. So just get that out your head right now. Fair enough. What is it like for all of you? And anyone can jump in on this question, but what is something that you would like your followers to know? A pressure that has been placed upon you because we all have different profiles and therefore people look for different things from us. So as it relates to what you do for your profile, what is something that you want your followers to know i i'm gonna I'm go ahead and start first when it comes to these black owned restaurants i would say without hesitation 95 percent of the time i'm paying for this food right and so i don't think that my followers realize that when i ask you to join my patreon or when i ask you to cash app if you love what you what you're reading or or when i ask you to join the mailing list or when i'm selling merchandise I'm putting that money right back into the communities that I'm trying to promote. And so sometimes people, they get a little, not as bad as I've seen them act with Anella, but sometimes people like they get a little snappy. Let me be frank. Sometimes white people get a little snappy when they're like, oh, we're just here for the content, like stop selling us stuff. Well, bro, how do you think I'll pay for these food? I'm not going to ask these small black restaurants to come out of pocket you know, for my leisure, if they want to do it because they want to do it, then that's fine. So that's something I want my followers to know is that I am paying for the majority of the food that you see me eat at a restaurant. Now, people send me stuff and I tell you when they send me stuff and I'm grateful and I'm thankful, but I'm spending my money. So who wants to jump in it, for your platform, for your followers? What is something that you want them to know? I'll go first. Um, unsolicited advice about how I should create content. Um, and I'm screaming right now. Yes, screaming. Please, yeah. And and yeah. So for me personally, I also think people don't realize how much time and work we put into creating content. For example, yesterday I spent five hours, 
five hours doing a favor for a black owned business because I know that they do not have the money for a marketing budget. But because I believe in this company, I'm spending five hours to create this content. And people are like, well, you should do this or you should do this. Ma'am, have you ever picked up a camera? Do you own a tripod? Do you understand what Lightroom is? Like, like I, I just want people to really think about that. People always want to give advice on how you should do things. But obviously the reason why you came to my page and you continue to follow me is because you enjoy the content that I create. So that's one. Two, that I pay for all the majority of my food and the amount of things that I turn down because I only want to provide value to the people that follow me. Um, like I'll give you a really, a really hot take. So, you know, I created this list of BIPOC women-owned sauces, condiments, you know. And so ever since then, I've been getting an overwhelming amount of seasonings, spices, and people are just like, I want to send this to you. Please put it on your page. I'm like, ma'am, I will only put it on my page if I like it. So I want people to know how much, like, I actually go through and vet the things that I put on my page. Those are my hot takes. No, those are good. Those aren't hot at all. I think that's very... I just gave my aunts, no joke, seven bottles of seasoning yesterday because I get so much seasoning and sauce. And I love it now. I love it. Please keep sending it. But yeah, it's a shit ton of seasoning, bro. Like, <laughs> Also, let's normalize not giving people advice on the internet unless they ask for it. I think this is a huge thing that can be really detrimental to your mental health if you're a creator. I have started saying in my stories, in my posts, like, I'm not asking you for advice. And people still give me advice. And whether or not they, they're well-meaning, like being given advice by, in my case, hundreds of people all day long, it just creates this feeling that I must be doing something wrong, even if I didn't ask for it and I don't want it. And I know like, I'm generally pretty happy in my life, but people will be like, you should do this for your migraines that you've been treating with a doctor for your entire adult life. You should do this for your page that I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, do you know anything about social media marketing? you should do this with your husband. I'm like, are you married? <laughs> you know, and just like that level of advice has become common. And I know it's because people want to start a conversation, but I will say it. This is my hot take. A good way to start a conversation is to just go, hey, how are you? That's it. That's all you need to do. I love it. I love it. Jo Jordan. Now, I also think that spe specifically for you, Takira and Dominique, y'all probably get a lot more you should be doing this because you're women because i don't get a lot of that jordan how about you do you get a lot of people trying to tell you how to live your life sir no not at all usually people are just telling me to try this place or go here i think my page being majority because like if i didn't specify earlier i do reviews i really i'll give like a rating of every spot that i go to so unlike how dom said she'll she doesn't put things on the page that she doesn't like i put everything on and let you know what i do and don't like just so that they can see the good and the bad i think people don't actually tell well okay yeah i'll do get i do get some suggestions like you should make it like okay so i have for example i have like interactive lists google maps i have all these resources that i've done and i put them on my website i put them on my page i put them everywhere yet people will still come in and suggest that i create these resources that i've told them that i have several <laughs> so i get that a lot and i'm just like man um so Dub, your hot take is people need to read first right re reading is for <laughs> people don't like to read and it's funny because i'm like i actually love to read like i'm somebody that love I, I read a lot of books and i was like y'all were saying we spend hours doing the making these resources building this content for people 
to still come ask you the same questions. That I think is, I spend a lot of my time answering questions that I've already answered on my page and people can, I, I have to make sure I work on not getting snappy with people or, and then sometimes I just, I'm slow to respond just cause I'm like, you'll look at my page and find it. And usually they do when I wait, but that, uh, that was my big, and oh, my hot, my big hot take. Everyone's taste buds are different. I don't know if y'all, people knew. Oh my Come gosh, on somebody. Yes. But man, Come on somebody. <laughs> I'm sorry that I like this spot. And also on top of our taste buds being different, you can get a different experience at a restaurant every single time that you go. It doesn't mean that I, because I'm a foodie, I'm showing you how my food looks and my experience. I, I'm sorry if when you went, it wasn't good. It, I, I, I'm just a blogger. <laughs> No, that's real. That is good. That's good. And last but not least, flights and foods. What is something that you want your profile followers to know about the work that it is you're doing? For me, I'll, I'll piggyback on everybody else that, you know, before last June, I had already spent thousands of dollars in my community doing what I do. And so I think people don't realize how much you put into what you're doing and that the resources are free for them, but it's not free for you. And then even when you're offered something free, as in like Jordan said, I go around and, and visit restaurants. So even if you invite me to come eat for free, that's not for free because not everybody will do it, but I will tip the servers that served me, even though my meal was free. So that's not free for yes. me. Ga gas is not free parking, for me. Trans parking, in the city. parking parking in D.C. is definitely not free. So a lot of expenses come with just eating something for free. And as Dom said, I only put my honest opinions on my page. If I didn't like it, I'll personally send a message to the restaurant or the caterer or whoever and say, well, this was good. The rice wasn't cooked or whatever I need to say. I'll say it to them personally. But if I don't if I don't like it, it doesn't go on my page. But for me, my hot take is just because I'm black doesn't mean I only eat at black restaurants. Oh, oh my God. I don't only eat, quote unquote, <laughs> black food. So, I mean, you're not going to come to my page and find all black owned stuff. You won't because I do travel and I want to encourage black people to travel. So I try all kinds of foods and I have a lot of black people coming to me like, oh, you eat this, you ate this. I want to I want to eat like that, too. And I want to encourage people to do that and get out and try more food. And just because I'm black, I don't only review black owned places or eat, quote unquote, black food. Let's let's stay there a little bit, because yeah. out of everyone here, I'm the only one of us that is expressly like I only review black. I only post black. The rest of y'all post black but you post whatever is in your vicinity. So mm -hmm. let's let's talk about that. Anella, let's start with you. Being that you and Takira in the DMV, there's so many cultures, so many yeah. restaurants. Do you get people like, oh, I, you know, like chastising you for eating at Indian restaurants or or what? you know, posting non-black stuff? <laughs> I get the I get I don't get the chastising, but I get this like really, I think, funny kind of interaction. It happens with PR people a lot and it drives me crazy and I've stopped answering their emails because they don't listen. <clears throat> and it happens with my followers sometimes they'll try to send me a tip about a new place that's opening, a pop-up that's exciting. All of these are, are things I want them to send me, right? Like 
I really want to try to broaden my view of the DC food scene beyond what you get from the Washington Post and the papers, because like, that's a very narrow view, right? A lot of places don't have PR budgets. They're not going to get in the paper. They might be a mom and pop shop. That's a hole in the wall, but they got great stuff. I want to know about it. And what happens to me is PR people and people in my community will send me messages, emails, or DMs and say, I know it's not black owned, but, and I'm like, ma'am, if you've been following me for the last 14 months and you actually read everything on my page and you notice that like I post black owned restaurants on Fridays, sometimes on any other day, because I do go to a lot of them, right? Like usually 50% of my dining, but you've also noticed that there's been, you know, Lao food, <laughs> Pakistani food, Indian food, lots of Arab food. Cause my husband's Arab and we love it. And we used to live in the middle East. So why do you need to qualify your email by it's not black owned, but right. Like never in the entire history of my account has Feed the Malik only focused on black owned anything. I do think it's important to kind of recirculate my dollar and even more importantly than my dollar, my platform, the, you know, my Instagram and TikTok platform. I like to shine that light on black owned businesses because I know, especially in America, the particular socioeconomic challenges they face connected to their race, right? And that is a very unique circumstance here that I'm aware of, and I have the power to do a little bit of something about. But I have had to explain to multiple PR professionals who've been in the business for decades that I don't only cover black things, that if you want to work with me, you have to approach me as a whole person, <laughs> as a whole platform that's dynamic, you know, and I try to, I try to post whatever's authentic to my regular life. So during the pandemic, I really only posted food because I wasn't traveling. We were frankly in kind of a shit living situation um, in an apartment that we hated. And I was supposed to go to Pakistan and I didn't. And there was so much transition. And the one stable thing in my life was food. But I also like, speak multiple languages, have lived abroad, you know, used to work for the State Department. Like my life is way more than just that. And now that I'm in a better, more stable place, I've started sharing about those other parts of my life, right? I've started sharing about my cats and the new apartment and travel. But I've had so many conversations with PR people who have been in the game for decades where I've had to say, I'm not just the black girl in DC. And then months later, they'll send me a pitch that says, I know it's not black owned, but and that's when I start putting them in my, fam's, my spam filter. Because what it tells me is that no matter what I say, they don't see me as a whole person. And they can't see me as a whole person because in their mind, I will forever be black food girl. And honestly, it's, it's just a detriment to their clients because my platform, I think is dynamic. I consider it to be you know, really authentic and growing and really plugged into DC. But if they can't see me as a whole person, I won't be working with their clients either. Okay, so after my long and kind of heavy answer, we have another guest who's joining us and I am super excited. So mystery guest, would you please introduce yourself, your platform, tell people where to find you and what are you drinking today? My name is Marta Rivera Diaz. I am on Sense and Edibility everywhere except Twitter and Pinterest because I couldn't get that handle in time. So I'm Edible Sense on those two platforms. Uh, I write Sense and Edibility, which is a food blog where I teach you everything you need to know about cooking, baking, and cocktail making because cocktails are life. And I am currently drinking a shot of tequila with a little bit of lime because that's what I need on this beautiful fine day. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. And you, I think, are the only one of us who you're a cook, right? You actually have a professional experience. And I will say that I go to sense and edibility whenever I want to learn how to do something in the kitchen. That is your blog is one of my resources when I want to learn the how and why of something in the kitchen. I'm like, I know my girl has an answer. <laughs> I got all the answers for everything food related, but not life related. <laughs> well, then let's get into that, though, because that's one of the questions that we asked at the beginning. You know, we all have our own following. And our followers expect certain things from us. So what is something that you want your followers to know about the work that you do? What is really important to me for my followers to know and get uh, new and old followers alike is that I am a human being. And behind the screen, a lot of times people forget the humanity involved in what we're doing. For me, cooking is a passion. It's something that I've been doing since, since before puberty. So it's something that means a lot to me. My recipes are very grounded in my cultures. So whenever somebody says something um, sideways, like, you know, that was nasty that you cooked with pig feet or that you cooked with blood, you know, you know, you made blood sauces. That's disgusting. My biggest philosophy is don't yuck somebody else's yum, you know, especially when they're so connected to the, that person's culture and their background and their upbringing. Because you're essentially disrespecting my my people, my life. I want people to take on the philosophy when they're on my site or any of my social media ch channels that if you wouldn't say it with me sitting right next to you, don't type it. You know, if you can't tell me to my face that my food is disgusting because it's something that you haven't been, I'll say cultured enough to be exposed to, you got to give it a try. You got to give it some 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 respect if not you got to be quiet you know i'm of the opinion that i'm going to come at you just like you come at me there's a lot of bloggers there's a lot of people out there that are very patient and they're very kind and they're very courteous and i applaud those people because i am not one of them hey <laughs> okay so now i can i can do the introduction again and say that martha is also my hero because i have struggled with trying to be polite to people when they're being deliberately rude and i'm kind of moving in your direction where i'm like no if you decide to just forget that i'm a human like why do i need to coddle you emotionally in my response like you know i'm not going to drag you on my stories or curse you out but there's also no reason for me to just put up with it None at all. And I've actually told other food bloggers that I'm for hire. Like, if you need me to check somebody or read somebody, <laughs> because it's not right. And it's not, we're talking about food. You remember Allen Iverson? We're talking about practice? Like, practice? we're talking about food right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and these people are really, some of the people are really in a, in, and I think it's because they're so angry with whatever's going on in their life. And listen, I get it. It's been, a horrible last year. But that doesn't mean that you take it out on people who are bringing you free food or free recipes or exposing you to things that you may not have seen before. You're really going to go in on them for what? So yeah, hire me. If you need me to hire me to, you need to hire me to read somebody, I'll do it. Uh, no problem. Marty ain't lying though. Marty ain't lying. I had a black owned company. I'm not going to put them on blast, but they took my photos and I hopped into the black food, black food blogger chat. And I was like, this is my situation. And Marta's like, step one, step two, step three. Hey. Boom. 
Look at Martyr out here giving life advice for how to check these fools. I don't play because the reality is we are always cut short and cut down. And we're always expected to show some immeasurable amounts of grace to people who don't extend us that same courtesy. And at this point in our lives, all of us, and I don't care how old or how young you are, I'm too old to be allowing people to make me feel inferior or beneath them any longer. And especially with something God designed and created me to cook. So I know food. I'm not great at everything, but that is what I'm good at. So when people come and disrespect that, or I see people disrespecting other people that look like me, I have a problem with that. So yeah, I'm all about giving advice and going to check people. I don't, yeah. I'm not mad at that. Let's let's move into another realm because this is a Juneteenth episode. So let's let's talk about our people, okay? So in specific, do you have anything that you want to say to the black people who follow you? Because it's not all all the stress that I get is not always from white people. Sometimes it's my people who I got to be like, sweetheart or brother, come on, man. Like, let's let's tighten up a little bit. So is there any words of advice or wisdom or encouragement that you want to give to your people on this glorious Juneteenth? I'll start. Because <laughs> I just had to read a Black business owner in my uh, email yesterday. KJ knows about this, but I will say this. You know, we talk a lot about Black creatives, about how big companies try to exploit us and they undervalue us. And I think that's true generally. And I've been lucky enough to have some experiences with some of my partners who don't do that, right? So it's been good and bad. But what we don't talk about is that also our own people try to exploit us. So I, and Dom, Dom alluded to this, right? She had a Black company take her photos and I've had that happen to me. Um, I've had black business owners in my DMs or my emails being incredibly disrespectful, not even because I told them no, but because I just didn't have the time to do free labor for them when they wanted it or in the way that they wanted it because I have to, you know, like pay rent and like, that's it. Like I got to pay rent. And I would say that for the black business owners who are wanting to connect with black creatives, you need to approach us as if we are also business owners, right? We're business owners juggling multiple responsibilities. Some of us have other jobs, even if they don't, right? I'm full-time. I still have to juggle the vast amount of free projects that I do in my community with projects that pay because I do need to pay my rent. So come with a plan, you know, be respectful. Do not, do not ever decide to email me because I was on vacation and you got my auto reply and choose violence because I will also in turn choose violence, right? There mm, is, preach. there is just, I feel like in our society, influencers and creatives and bloggers are still looked down upon in a way that makes no sense. We are people who have managed to grow mini empires with just our phones and master social media algorithms that millions of other people are still trying to figure out. If we were white men, they would call us the moguls of new tech. They would talk yes. about us like we were Steve Jobs because we have managed to do something that not only so few people have have to do, but in an environment that is stacked against us as black and brown people. So for this Juneteenth, I would love it if I didn't have to complain in my private group chats about Black business owners being incredibly disrespectful, openly rude, demeaning, et cetera, et cetera. I would love it if our own people didn't put that burden on us in the way that we complain about white people doing all the time. Takira, you've been silent. 
you know, for a lot of this. I know you're not a heavy talker, but your face is telling me that you have some things to say, ma'am. So I want to hear them. I really was going to say what Anella said in the sense of like respect our time. If you're anybody who's asking for something for free, we get inundated with free requests. And sometimes we don't mind doing them, especially for the black community and or small businesses who can't afford it. But you have to work with us in terms of our time. So we might be able to do it and we might take photos for you. We might do things for you for free, but you might not see it posted for a couple of months because that's when I have time. And when you're asking for something for free, I think also the approach is everything. Don't just say, I need 8,500 things from you for free. Like understand that we're also a business and business owners as well. And sometimes we can't just afford, like Anella said as well, to offer 85 things for free, but I might can do 10, you know, and you have to be able to accept that. And if not, I won't feel any kind of way if you feel like going to another blog for that service, because I just may not have time. But another thing that I I was going to say as well is that just because it's a black business doesn't mean that it's going to hit my page in the sense that maybe I've gone. Wait, 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 Kara. (laughs) I need you to say that one more time. Say that again for the people in the back, please. (laughs) For me personally, just because it's a black business doesn't mean I'm going to promote it. Like no questions asked. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go eat there. It doesn't mean that even though I didn't like the food, I'm going to post it anyway. That's not a thing that I do. So just because it might be the oldest black business in the area or the most popular one because the food looks Instagram worthy, that's not what my page is about. So I'm not going to consistently post quote unquote food porn just because everybody else is doing it. Um, But there are plenty of other accounts if that's what you want, but you won't find it on my account. There are like some soul food places I've gone to. I'm like, um, I want to like it, but honestly, I didn't like it. So I I can't post it, you know? Um, And then I've given some places advice who post pretty pictures, but the food is not great. And they've received advice, but then people will go back and try the food again and they haven't made changes. So, you know, just because it's black doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to post it on my page. Now, Jordan, you and Dom. Oh, go ahead, Anella. No, I have to hop in for our DC fans. Because Anella, you know, I wasn't going to say no. I'm not going to say no names, but you know, you post (laughs) pretty pictures. It looks cute for Instagram, but the food might not be there. So I just can't, I can't post it. Exactly. I, I mean, Takara and I have had these experiences often together We because we live in the same city and we're very close friends. And people will hit us up like, oh, I saw you shared about XYZ, but you should try this place. And there are a few very popular, very, very popular Black-owned restaurants in D.C. that you won't find on our pages because we've both had bad experiences there. And there's this almost expectation that we have to show up and show out because they're Black. And we try, like we try to give them a fair chance. Often we'll go twice or three times if we have a bad experience. But I will say that there's also this sense that Black business owners don't always show out for us, like stealing our photos and not giving us credit and not paying us for that labor when they know that they're, they should first be asking for permission. Second, they should probably be paying for it, especially if they're going to use it in paid advertising, et cetera. So Sometimes I feel like our communities have these expectations where they're like, well, why is Anella or why is Takara not sharing about this new Black-owned spot in D.C. that's all the rage? And I'm like, well, alternately, that place stole from us (laughs) and their food's not good. So I don't know what to tell you. And we're 
being polite by not posting about it because we both are aware that like we don't want to be yucking someone's yum we don't want to be you know like outwardly disrespecting or hating on another business but you know not everyone is gonna have a good experience at this place Jordan, now you will yuck someone's yum because you post reviews, so to speak, right? Not so to speak, but you post reviews. So in your reviews, sir, what is it that you want your black people to know when you post a review that might not be favorable of their favorite hole in the wall or black establishment? Man, I think it's it's just, it's accountability. I'm being honest with the place because I, I get a lot of suggestions to go to the same several spots and I will say when I do have a, I, I give my honest opinion all the time, but especially with my black businesses that do that, I'll try to reach out with, the, reach out to them and let them know beforehand, hey, this is what was going on. This is my experience. And I've honestly noticed a lot of them are very dismissive and they don't care. It's just like, you'll be all right. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm finna post my exact opinion. I have, there have, I think, there have been three posts that I just did not post and it was just the food was that I told the people, I'm like, this is going to get one star and I really don't want to trash your business. Like I see you're starting it. So I'm going to give you another chance if you want to, you know, run it back. And the three times that I did that, they, they said, okay, I'll give it, I'll try again. And then I never heard from them again. So yeah, I, I just, to my followers, you know, I just, just because it's black, I'm not going to give it a five or four star rating just because you grew up with it. It doesn't make it automatically the best. I'm giving my honest opinion off of what I'm receiving when I get there. And I try to, even if, if you go through and look at my negative reviews, I'm going to want, I'm, I'm trying to be as respectful as possible. And then I'm also, even if everything was horrible, I might be like, but hey, look, they have amazing water or something, you know, just, I'm going to find <laughs> something. And I had to do like, said amazing you know, like, water. Okay. Because, like, <laughs> You know, give somebody a reason because, you know, it, just because it because like okay, as a food blogger, it's just random. But I don't like eggs. I don't like ranch. So like my opinion, my opinion is going to be different than a lot of other people. So just because I don't like it, you might not like. So I'm going to try to find something that I did like. But I try to be positive because my my even my rating system, I have a lot more positive and really only one or and only two negative options. So it's like I try to be as positive as possible. But some of these spots like they they asked for it i've had them steal my content try to go without paying for me like knowing that you know people will book me to come out and, and pay me to do stuff they'll try to go around that they'll try to get content for free they'll try to downplay what i do someone got mad at me because i posted on my story that i waited three hours for the food and it better be fire and the only reason i waited three hours for the food was because one this is a friend from college so i've known him I know the food, it's a soul food burrito. I'm, I'm, shoot, I'm putting it out there, but it was a soul food burrito and I waited, but I mean, like he was tripping on me. Like, what you mean if it's fire? I'm like, bro, I'm waiting. First of all, I'm waiting three hours and two, every single time I try a food, it can be a different experience. Just because I had something once doesn't mean it's good all the time. So just if I'm going to say something, usually that's, it's going to have to be on that magnitude for my businesses. Please just, that's on, that's on you to do better. I'm not trashing you, but there's situations where I'll have waited hours or had horrible service or had horrible food and then just been either disrespected by the owner or dismissed. And so right. it's like, come on now. Like I'm, I'm, my goal is to help your business, but 
we got we got to meet in the middle somewhere. So. No, that's fair. That's fair. Marta, Dominique, we want to give you an opportunity. What is a message that you want to pass on to your people in specific about the work you do? Whether you want to clear up some miscommunication or whatever it is, like wh- what do you want your people to know? Let's start with uh, Marta. My, my biggest pet peeve is phenotypes, right? So a lot of people, you know, I thought we got out of the color struck days amongst black people back during school days, but I guess we didn't. There's been a few people that came at me in my DMs questioning my blackness, you know, so I had to drop some education. I mean, just forget about Ethiopia, forget about Cape Verde, forget about all these nations, Morocco, Egypt, forget about all the African nations that have people that look like me. My phenotype didn't match what black people should look like, which is on par to me with, I talk like a white person. So for me, if I say I'm black, don't question my blackness because I can educate you left, right, and center on my black history. And I'm talking about my black history, my Afro-Latina history. I will educate everybody on it, but I shouldn't have to because I get that enough from white people who asked me, what are you? You know, I'm not a fan of having to validate my blackness because my phenotype doesn't match what you think black people should look like. You know, I think a lot of times we're already struggling just to find our own spot or get our foot in the door in this industry as an Afro-Latina, black, biracial female working in commercial kitchens. I've had to struggle all my life and I'm not about to struggle in my safe space, which is my blog or on my social media because other black people are stuck being color struck. You know, we, we got to get beyond that. We got to get beyond the light, dark, your nose is too skinny. Your lips aren't full enough because I got some full lips. Nobody's going to question my lip, but I should have to validate who I am by the way I look. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. We need to, we, we, we truly need to support each other. We also need to get to the point where we recognize that there's not only two or three black food bloggers who you need to follow. Like you need to be supporting all of us. You need to be lifting all of us up for every white food blogger you share. You need to be sharing five black food bloggers because we need that support. That's all I got to say. Cause I'm, you know, I'll go off on this one. <laughs> listen, listen, Marta, you, you, you brought some heat. So Dom, what what do you what do you have to say to your your black followers? What do you want them to know? I think I want to say specifically to um, the black businesses, and I think also just all businesses. I am not your personal billboard, and I feel like anytime you approach anyone uh, in business, you should be respectful. You should do your research. Don't devalue our work. Don't decide what you think our work is worth to you, because obviously, if it was that easy, you would do it yourself. Conduct yourself professionally, like Anella said earlier. Because like I look at my Instagram pages, my living room, my DMs are my living room. So you decided to come here. So be respectful. I think that's something that's really important to remember. Another really good point that you guys brought up is, I think Anella said this earlier, like dragging businesses on social media. I have the ability to do that, but I decide to take the high ground. So if I come to your business or your establishment and I don't get the best experience and I tell you that I'm not going to post, don't get upset. Just understand that I respect that this is your livelihood. And that it didn't meet my standards to share with my following. I mean, I've had Domino City since 2017. So I spent a lot of time building a high level trust. So if this is not up to my standards, I'm not going to post it. But don't feel don't don't feel disrespected. You know, so I think that's something also that people should remember. No, that's perfect. Go ahead, Anella. Dom, it's like. I know, I know that you've had similar experiences as I've had where you just want to shake people. 
like actually reach through your DMs and shake them. And you're like, like, you're an adult. I'm an adult. You're a business owner. I'm a business owner. Nobody's trying to be disrespectful. That's why we were so cautious about, you know, what we did share or choosing not to share. But I feel like there's a sense of entitlement. And I will say this. I know that influencers have a bad reputation. I get it. You know, I'm friends with a lot of restaurateurs and chefs, and they have very, uh, very different opinions about the influencer space because of bad experiences they've had. But what I try to explain to them is that just like any vendor for your business, it is up to you to do your due diligence and find out who is trustworthy, who's going to deliver on time, who's going to give you quality product for the best price, et cetera. And so I know restaurateurs who have had uh, bad experiences with multiple vendors. Why is it that you had a bad experience with one shitty influencer and now you've decided that you can't be bothered to do your job as a business owner to figure out who is appropriate for you to work with in the future? I feel like we are painted with a different brush than a vendor that's providing a physical product because many people don't understand the social media space, but it is not my job to educate you about who's good in our region and who's not, about who delivers and who doesn't. And while I want you to have the most successful partnerships and campaigns for your business, it is not my job for me to do the work for you, especially since most of the time they're asking for it for free. And I would just urge people who are thinking about working with influencers to not fall into this trap of just being like, they're all dumb. They're all flaky. They're all greedy. Because I could say that about most people in capitalism. And sometimes it would be true, but sometimes it's not. And it's up to you to figure out when it's true and when it's not. Can we talk? We, we, so we, we've, we've given some, some words of wisdom to our black followers and then our followers in general. Now let's talk money. Let's talk these businesses, right? Because I'm sure many of us have been pitched by companies, both small and large, but I want to focus on some of the larger accounts that come to us. And I'm going to go ahead and say it, try to play us. So we've given some words of wisdom to our to our followers. Now let's talk to these big businesses who want to work with us, but don't seem to value us the way that we need to be valued. Marta, your face right now is giving me life. You and Dom are really going off with the facial features. So I'm going to start with you, Marta, and then Dom, come on, bring it on home. Come on, Marta. I just, I, it infuriates me. I spent a whole lifetime of money gaining my degree and I think a lot of times it's like Anella said you know they think you're all we're all stupid or they think all bloggers are you know stay-at-home moms who have a teaching degree and decided to become a food blogger all of a sudden where I have a legitimate degree that I paid a whole lot of money for to become a chef right and they come to me with these you know and it's not hard to google this company. I can find out how much money you make. It's not difficult. So when you come to me telling me you're going to give me exposure, but I got a whole mortgage to pay on a house that has busted pipes, I'm not interested in your exposure. My thing is this, you, just like it's been said, you are responsible for doing your own research before you pitch to me. If I decide to pitch to this big multi-million dollar company and I haven't done my research, you know, I'm pitching to a halal brand pork recipes. It's not going to go over too well, but they want to come and pitch to me. Oh, well, we want you to do this amount of work 
for a bag of pepper, we, we're not going to jive. So just like you want me to do the work of a photographer, a stylist, an editor, a writer, a recipe developer, a chef, social media expert, VA, accountant, you want me to do all those jobs for a bag of pepper that costs $6? We're not, it's going to go to spam. I'm going to, I'm going to punt it to somebody else and we're not going to talk. Don't disrespect my talent. Don't disrespect my career. Don't disrespect my time by thinking that you're going to do me a favor because you found me on social media. I didn't find you. So respect people. You're getting paid to send this email. So I deserve to get paid to do the work for you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> No, that was beautiful. Dom, tell me, because your face was very much like, I want in on this part. It's the disrespect for me. <laughs> it's the disrespect for me. Um, <laughs> just like Marta says, I get emails every day, sometimes five times a day, especially on Mondays. Mondays be real heavy for PR people. They send like 20 on Monday for some reason. And I think Takira's on this Google Sheet too. And this Google Sheet is predominantly white food bloggers. I'm going to get like really specific right now predominantly white food bloggers. And it's so funny because I'll get an email from said alcohol brand and they're like, we'll offer you $75. I go to this Google spreadsheet where they offered a white person $500 and they have half the follower count as me. So the fact that you're going to come at me and lowball me already, and then I have to go back and forth with you and let you know that this is not within my budget. And then all of a sudden you just find the budget. You just find the budget. No, but um, like Marta says, like, I don't think that a lot of people respect that we literally are the PR person. We're the admin assistant. We're the photographer. We're the copywriter. And then I got to follow up with you, with you to make sure I get paid on time. Like it is too much work. And that's why I just started throwing out high numbers just to see who's going to accept it. Because honestly, my time is valuable. It's, and if you say no, then that's your fault. But I also feel like we're moving into this new trend right now when it comes to influencers, food bloggers. Um, companies will reach out to you and they'll say like, hey, I'm interested in working with you, but send me your insights first. Excuse me? You found me. But yeah, so it's the disrespect for me. I'm definitely, I have a, I have a floor ceiling price that I'm willing to accept for payment. And if you go below that, like Anella says, you go straight to spam or delete. But I always say that to people, especially within my circle, we provide a very specific service to these large brands. We, we provide them access to people that look like us to a, a market that they're not able to tap into. So frank, frankly, I'm doing you a service. So pay me my work and add more. You should charge more. And companies don't want to hear it, but homie, you're coming to me because you want to make sure that you're checking the diversity boxes on your campaign. And we both know that that's why you're in my inbox. So you should be paying me more because I'm offering you something that you can't get anywhere else. I don't care how many followers the white influencers have that you're working with. You are not going to get what you're going to get from me. And you know that. And that's why you're in my inbox. And I feel like sometimes they companies want to balk. They're like, oh, I mean, but the industry standard, I'm like, that's great. And the industry standard is made for white people and I'm not white. And especially when I know a company is pitching me because I'm black, I will add more. And it's clear when they're doing that because of the way they communicate, the way the campaign's set up, you know, it's like, it's imminently clear to us when they have a whole roster of influencers and then they looked at them and then they panicked because nobody's brown. And in those cases, I'm like, yeah, you got to pay more because you didn't plan from the jump to have a diverse campaign. And now it's late. And don't let them want black and Latinos. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you gotta pay bilingual prices. 
times two, <laughs> times two, times two. Tell them, Marta, Takara Jordan, what has that been your experience when you're dealing with these bigger brands? Like, what, what has been your experience? Let, let's say that first. Definitely same experience. For me, they need to understand how much time goes into everything that we do. So for me, it's respect our time and really respect our status that we've been doing this for years before you just discovered us last year. We've been doing this for years before. And just because you didn't know about it, it's not our problem. But just respect our status and that we're not, you know, we're educated individuals. So don't put a contract in front of us saying like, once you do the work for us, we own it. You don't own anything I do. Like maybe the person who's emailing me is not educated, but be willing to be educated because they'll send across contracts and say, hey, take these photos, but we own it in perpetuity. I want all bloggers to start Googling what words mean and not just sign agreements because larger companies will send contracts. You can send your own agreement, but with larger agencies, they'll send contracts to you and slip stuff in and you won't know what it means and sign it. And they'll be like, oh, well, we own the stuff. Can you send us the raw files or whatever afterwards? It's like, no, you're not owning any. I own my stuff. If you didn't know, check with somebody in your company that knows what this word means, because no, it's not going to work for me. But for me, it's like be willing to be educated on what we do and what we mostly are not willing to do, because a lot of companies will try to slip that in, especially now for some reason, and try to just hope that we don't understand what it means. So basically, you know what perpetuity means and you want them to know that you know what perpetuity means. Exactly. I don't have time for it. I don't have time. I don't have the time or the space. No, I read it. No. (laughs) Exactly. Because they're the big thing is being able to take your content and using it, using it in ads, something that you're going to make continuous money for and on and through in the into the future but i've only gotten paid one time this little 50 dollars that you thought was enough but you've made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of one photo that i took and it's not um balanced it's not appropriate it's not fair and it's just not okay if you don't mind we're we're about to wrap things up and i want to do a little bit of a lightning round if you will i'm gonna ask some questions i want to give you an opportunity to give me your first thoughts. So we're going to start with Jordan, okay? Jordan, you're answering the question first, but then I'm going to say, let's do Jordan, Dom, Marta, Takara, Anella, okay? Starting off, Jordan, tell me about a food that you have eaten recently that the world needs to know about. A meal, a dinner, a cocktail, something that you've had recently that you're like, yo, Y'all need y'all need to know about this. Oh man, something that I had recently. Shoot, I guess it would be discovering. It's gonna sound really. I had fried salmon. I had fried salmon uh, out in Atlanta, and it was it was right. It was on point. <laughs> um, we don't get too creative with with the seafood in Dallas like that. I, and if you if you like fried, I say go go try the fried salmon. Try. No, that's good. That's right. Everybody doesn't have experience with fried salmon. So yeah, that respect. Was yeah. Marta, okay, you're a chef. So even if it's your own food, something that you made recently, what is something that you've had, let's say, this this year that you want people to know about? I'm going to hit y'all with something crazy. Uncle Nearest sauced smoked chicken wings. 
Wait, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. We need details. We need. Y'all, y'all are not ready for this, okay? So I made this Uncle Nearest barbecue sauce, right? And it, and if you don't know who Uncle Nearest whiskey is, y'all got to get on it. But Uncle Nearest whiskey barbecue sauce on smoked wings, chicken wings. Jesus, what's the inspiration? No, no, no. I'm not about to let you go with this because I'm wearing an Uncle Nearest. I'm wearing an Uncle Nearest hat right now. I, I I've been drinking Uncle Nearest. Exactly. So tell us about you these said wings. Because was garbage, but anyways. <laughs> I mean, it is so, not the best. No, it really isn't. Um, no, but when I when I because I watched that whole there's a, I think it's on Netflix, but it's a documentary about meat. It's called Meat, but it's a documentary about bourbon and whiskey. And I watched it. My husband is in love with bourbon. I can't drink it at all. I, it's gross to me, but I can cook the hell out of bourbon and whiskey. And then when you mentioned Uncle Nearest and you, you know, dropped all, all that knowledge on the history of it. And then they talked about Uncle Nearest. I was like, well, sh- let me go ahead and see what I can do with this. So I just, I'm, I'm baking with it. I'm cooking with it. I'm doing all sorts of things with it. But I made this barbecue sauce with it. And I was just like, you know, often I'm always, I'm super critical of my recipes. But this one, I was like, man, I'm good. But on smoked wings, though, it can't be just like regular wings. It's on smoked wings. It's so, it's beautiful. No, I, anyway. I appreciate that. Are you is that is that is that something we can find on your website? That recipe? It it I'm actually developing it, so I'm shooting it next week, and I'm gonna put it up probably before Juneteenth. That's my goal to get it before Juneteenth, and I'm doing a Remy pound cake for Juneteenth too. Oh my God, you are giving black people life. The culture. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all right, phenotype. <laughs> there you go. Dom, what is something that you have eaten this year that the people need to know about? So I had to think about this one because I think I've eaten a lot of things. But the thing that I've recently become obsessed with is cinnamon roll pancakes. But they're so good that they don't need syrup. Just like this cream cheese light frosting. And I ate the whole thing. And then also cocktails, gin-based cocktails with egg whites. That's my new thing. Wait, wait, stop. Because I don't like gin at all. Like, so, I can't stand it. So tell me about gin and egg white. Yeah, I see the faces. No, that's my hot take. I don't, it tastes like what I think pine, pine salt would taste like if I drunk pine salt. So I'm sorry. That's, be, that's because you're drinking the wrong gin, most likely. My grandfather used to love gin. So like, I used to just, we used to always be around each other drinking a lot. So I just gained an acquired taste for gin. So yeah, but like I had a gin-based cocktail drink the other day, but when you shake egg whites, they become foamy at the top, but a lot of people are afraid to do it because they're like, oh, it's raw eggs, but it's actually just really nice, especially when you have something that has like a botanical kind of like feel to it with the egg whites. Yeah. All right. You put me on. I'm going to give, I'm going to try it. I'm willing to try anything at least once. So I'm going to try it. Please send me a recipe or, you know, so I can try it. I appreciate that. Takira. What is something that you have eaten this year or drank this year that you think the people need to know about? For me, I have I have two, but I'm going to say these Suya Spice Wings from a restaurant here in D.C. It's called Spice Grill, and they're like still crunchy, but they're sauced really nice. And then they put, I guess, the dry seasoning after they fry it. They toss it in a pan with the dry seasoning and the sauce and honey, I believe. Um, but suya, I think, is a West African spice, and I, you usually find it on more grilled foods. But on these wings, it's like it's just so good with the honey. It adds like a little sweet and spiciness. It's, yeah, it's everything. Well, you said you had two things. That's one. Oh, wing. okay. Yeah, What's the other thing? thing 
is is uh, um, actually not somewhere I went, but yeah, something I concocted together. But Camilla's Kitchen is a brand out of D.C. and they have a pepper spice, uh, pepper sauce. And so I made a pepper spice caramel sauce and it was perfect. It was sweet and spicy. It wasn't too spicy. There, I can do like a mild medium spice. And so I use maybe like a teaspoon or half a teaspoon in the caramel and it was perfect for me. But if you like spice, you can add more. And I put it on like a pound cake or something. And it was like a nice hint of something different. So it was really good. Can I just say that Camilla's sauce is hot as fuck. It is so hot, man. I love it because I love super, super spicy foods. But like when Takara was like, I'm going to try Camilla's Kitchen. I was like, "Uh oh, because <laughs> oh. Adela knows I can do I can do like a hot sauce medium. Like just give me give me a regular hot sauce and I could do I could do that. But this one, I mean, like when a... I go back to D.C., I'm attacking both of you guys. When I go back to visit, yes, come through. Y'all better. I'm so scared. I'm not playing with you because you know I'm ready from high school in Prince George's County. Let's do I'm it. Coming oh, for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. PG, stand up. Anella, what's a food or drink that you have had this year that you feel like the people need to know about? Okay, so I just got back from Hawaii. In case you didn't know, <laughs> I was with my family for a week. And I was born in Hawaii. I'm not ethnically Hawaiian, but it still feels like home to me, even though I've lived all over the world. And going back is always such a nice treat because it's Hawaii. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. Right? Like, it's like, yes, I get to go home and see my mom and my nephews and my sister and, you know, all these friends. But it's also like, it was mango season when we went back. I don't know if y'all know about mango season, but the only other place that I've ever experienced mango season was when we were in the Gulf. And because they get a lot of Indian and Pakistani workers there that they bring mangoes back with them when they visit their families. And they have a lot of like corner little markets. There's something about mangoes that are in season that is like, it is like the sweet, sweet fruit of the gods. I don't know how else to describe it. They're so beautifully sweet and the texture is perfect and so being in Hawaii in mango season is the absolute best time like I had a mango (laughs) every day we'd have mango acai bowls and mango smoothies and like mango straight from the fridge and I feel like that's something that I miss about being on the mainland is that we don't get like tropical fruit right and if you do it's like bland because it was shipped from halfway around the world it doesn't taste like anything and mango papaya soursop right? All of these guava, all of these things. I had a Mai Tai at a beachfront restaurant that had lily koi foam. And when I tell you that this foam was life-changing, it was life-changing. So now I'm going to (laughs) be for the next few weeks, just thinking about how I can't get lily koi here. And what am I going to do without fresh mangoes? Uh, and DC's great, but we don't have that. We really don't. That's really good. Y'all, y'all have given some great answers what I will say is um, Soul Rolls. There's a Black-owned restaurant here in Charleston, South Carolina called Gillies. The chef is Sean Mendez. And Sean makes these things called Soul Rolls, which is basically an egg roll with the following ingredients. <clears throat> Red rice and sausage, or as we say in Charleston, sausages, pulled pork, collard greens, and pimento cheese wrapped up in an egg roll and deep fried it is 
by far one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. And when, when, because I'm about to be blessed, when I have enough money and I can bring y'all down to Charleston on my dime, we are going to Gillies and we're going to get them soul rolls. I promise on everything. The other thing that I would say, oh, go go ahead, Anella, go ahead. I, no, I'm just, you got to Oh, you just, you just, okay, good. Because the last thing I'm going to say, and the only reason I'm talking about this is because when this episode drop, it'll be Juneteenth. So Fawn Weaver won't kill me, but I have uh, this special blend. They got a master blend that they're only releasing on Juneteenth at the Uncle Nearest Distillery. That's what I've been drinking because I got a little sample because I went. So I saved it for this conversation today. But when I tell y'all it is worth flying to Shelbyville, Tennessee for, y'all got to do that. Fawn, you and V, V is the master blender. Y'all created something. And here, let me just say this. People don't realize that Uncle Nearest is owned by a black woman and that their master blender is also a black woman. And this black woman-led company with a black master blender has won over 200 awards in the last three. It is the most award spirit, awarded spirited brand, spirits brand in the last three years give these black women a props and when y'all get to taste this master blend you will thank me for encouraging you to fly to nashville tennessee and then get in the car and then drive to shelbyville so that you can get this bottle it's worth it thank goodness for all of that also this episode is not sponsored by uncle nearest if uncle nearest would like to sponsor us we are here we love (laughs) y'all Just gonna put huge fans sponsor a blog post for the links. There we go. I will make sure that this episode gets straight sent straight to Fawn and the entire (laughs) team there. So just in case, you know, like there's there's me, Anella, Takira, Dom, Marta, and Dubs. We will all welcome your sponsorship because we all love your products. Anella. No, go ahead, Dom. Go ahead, Dom. I was about to say, it's literally on my bar cart, and I think we have one shot left in that bottle. It doesn't last. And one last. shot is That's not enough. I, I keep ordering it. It doesn't last. And then I'm like, oh, I got to chill, I guess, on the Uncle Nearest. Because making cocktails at home is something I only started doing during the pandemic. I used to love going mm. out. And I finally got myself a little bar set. And I finally, I ordered a bunch of black-owned spirits. And then for two months, I just drank Uncle Nearest. <laughs> it'd be well, like know, that I'm in, I, so we're we're an army family so we got a lot of alcoholic friends we love to drink <laughs> so um, our house is the cocktail house i i love making drinks so before we go we do this thing where me and anella we give shout outs and it would not be fair to have an episode with all this good information and good vibes and we don't give y'all an opportunity to give a shout out now Okay, the shout out can be for literally anything. If somebody split an Uber pool with you and you want to give them a shout out, you do that. If 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 you watch a really good show on TV and you want to shout that show out, you do that. We're not going to tell you what to shout out, but we are going to ask you because we like to end our episodes with positivity to give us a shout out. So we're going to start with Takira. Takira, give us 
a shout out, please. I would like to shout out. So recently, my husband and I went to Ohio for a fishing trip because one of my things I was going to say was walleye fish is the kind of in that area in uh, Michigan, Ohio, Toledo. You can get it from there, but you don't see it often over here on the East Coast, at least not in D.C. And so we went out fishing with the black captain. There are not many black charter captains out there. And we went out with a black captain. He was great. He was like, oh, I knew you were going to be there the day before. I would have invited you over for a cookout. He offered to like clean and fillet our fish and everything like that. He was really great. We had a great time. And there's so few of them out there. I would like to give him a shout out for such great customer service. Um, and his company is Metro City Madness, I believe, out of Michigan. There you go. And as somebody who lives on the ocean, I know that them offering to clean your fish for you <laughs> is a really big deal so shout out to them dom yes. who would you like to give a shout out to i'm gonna shout out the business that recently sent me a care package bad and boozy because we always need alcohol in our house uh, it's a black owned business they make small batch cocktails they just recently rebranded and i remember working with them when they first started and just meeting her like on the street corner to pick up some alcohol and it was mad sketch but it's just great to see her growth from like zero to like 12,000 followers. And she's been able to work with like some really major brands, which is like very exciting, like absolute. Um, she did something recently with Coming to America too. So shout out to Bad and Boozy. If you live in the NYC or area, please order from them. No, that was beautiful. Shout out to Bad and Boozy. Jordan, give us a shout out. Who you want to give a shout out to? Uh, I'll say shout out to Wendy and out in ATL. She works with, she's like a PR person for the Breakfast Boys that just opened yesterday. And then Virgil, Vigil's Gula Kitchen and Cocktail, I think, out here. But uh, I've been communicating with her and uh, she's been just super hospitable for this entire trip. I was had the pleasure of meeting her yesterday and trying out a couple of uh, the restaurants out here. So shout out to Wendy. Thank you for all your hospitality and I look forward to meeting you again next time I'm out here. All right, Dubs, I got to jump in because what you're talking about is Virgil's Gullah Cuisine. Yes. Damn, Virgil's Gullah. Yeah, my that's bad. my dog restaurant. That's G, G from Charleston. So yeah. I got a rep for the city. Hey. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Marta, give us a shout out, please. We got to give big props to Steven Satterfield and Jessica Harris for High on the Hog on Netflix. And if you guys haven't watched that documentary yet, you got to watch it. I'm kind of ticked off that it's only four episodes. We need to get more episodes because there needs to be a season two. So shout out to them for bringing the African diaspora to the world. We already knew about it, but now they're bringing it to the world through Netflix. Okay. I mean, we need to be promoting that and marketing it like we did Bird Box. <laughs> Anella, who would you like to give your shout out to today, ma'am? Okay. Final shout out today. <sighs> I don't, I would have to say, because we did we did a lot of venting on this episode, which I think is so important for our mental health and for us to just be like, we're in a safe space. We can say whatever we want to say. And so often the internet is not a safe space for Black creatives. But I would have to say that I want to shout out all the companies and people who don't do all the things we complained about today. The people who are respectful and inquisitive and do Google on their own. And, you know, the companies that do come correct, because they do. Some of them do, right? Like, it's easy for us to complain about all the bad and I do it and I think it's worthwhile and it's necessary but 
I'm also thankful that not everyone is like that. And I've seen a little bit of change in the industry and I want to see more. And so I will applaud those that are doing the work. You know, I will applaud the people that they work for these big PR firms or big media organizations and they have their statement about how they determine influencer pricing in their signature line so that you know what you're being evaluated against, right? All of these are really important. Or they'll say things like, this is our standard rate. We pay all of our creators for these deliverables the same. And because it's a holiday or because this is a rush job, like these are our rush rates, et cetera, et cetera. Like things that they do to make the industry more transparent, more fair, to make it so that we feel like we're being valued equitably. Y'all are the real MVPs. Now that's beautiful. I I want to give I want to give a shout out. This is super random, but our shout outs are normally super random, so it is what it is. <clears throat> I want to give a shout out to South Carolina State University, home of the Mighty Bulldogs and the Marching One Hundred and One. That is the HBCU which I graduated from. They ain't do nothing special, like nothing happened. But like, I just want people to know that that's the school that made me who I am. So shout out to my beloved HBCU, South Carolina State University, again, home of the Mighty Bulldogs and the Marching 101. And I'm so excited that homecoming season is coming back. And and I speak for anyone who is attached to an HBCU in any way. We are super excited that homecomings are coming back. They are religious experiences for us. And even if you didn't go to an HBCU, if you have a friend who went to one, this is the year. If you ain't never been, this is the year to go with your friend to their homecoming because it's going to be all kinds of messy. And I mean that in the most positive way. It's going to be everything you've seen on TV or heard. So I did not go to an HBCU, but I am culinary schools are whack. Whereas I'm like, I'm ready to go back and see my college friends now that I'm vaccinated and we did not go to an HBCU, but it is going to be equally messy because it has been far too long. And Um, listen, I want to say thank you to all of you too. Let me give a shout out to y'all for taking time out of your day to be a part of this. This was an idea that Anella and I had and it turned out even better than I thought it would be. We're definitely going to have to do this again especially after everybody gets to watch High on the Hog because we all going to have thoughts. I got thoughts. Marta obviously have thoughts. We all going to have thoughts. So let's let's do this again. Can we agree that we're going to do this one more time? At least one more time? Yes? Yeah, it's happening. All right, great. Well, listen, this has been another episode of the Fix Your Plate podcast on the Eat, Drink, and Dine podcast network. If you are listening, wherever you're listening, make sure you follow us. Share this episode with all of your foodie friends. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, stop playing. Give us five stars. We don't want three stars. We don't want four. Give us five. Because if you don't give us five, I'm inclined to believe you are hating ass. You know what? I'm not even going to curse. You a hater. <laughs> you a hater. If you don't give us five stars for this episode, you a hater, bro. And with that being said, thank you. Until next time, please, please feel free to come to our podcast at any time. Pull up a chair and fix yourself a plate. Peace.